Welcome to Post Game with Paul Golden, a sports and faith podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly. Thanks for joining us. Today, our guest is New York Yankees assistant hitting coach Casey Dykes. Casey recounts his high school playing days in Franklin, Tennessee, and collegiate career at Western Kentucky University. Casey details his transition from college to pro ball and his fast track to coaching in the Bronx. This follower of Jesus Christ shares his faith journey and spiritual disciplines learned along the way. Casey talks about his family, COVID, and the hitting philosophy of the New York Yankees. Be sure to stay tuned to the very end for a fun hit and run with Casey Dykes. Now, here's your host of the Post Game Podcast, Paul Golden. Great to have Casey Dykes here on the, the Post Game Podcast. Casey is the New York Yankees assistant hitting coach this 2022 season, and uh, it's great to have him on the show. So, Casey, welcome to Post Game. I appreciate you having me on, Paul. Tell us a little bit about your path. I know you grew up in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Tell us about your high school days. Were you a two-sport athlete? What got you into baseball? I uh, grew up playing a little bit of everything uh, in Franklin, born and raised there. I ended up in high school uh, being a three-sport athlete to start, stopped playing basketball my sophomore year, focused just on football and baseball. I was an all-state football player, uh, same with baseball, uh, had had good high school careers in both of them. Honestly, was kind of caught in between on, on what to do as far as college went at that time, was thinking about maybe trying to do both, was contemplating the football route, baseball route. I had some some interest uh, from a professional level on the baseball side and was getting encouraged to go that way just because I thought maybe there was a longer future playing-wise uh, baseball than there was in football. So ultimately, I decided to pursue that path. Western Kentucky is where I ended up going to play, uh, going to play baseball. Fell in love with the the campus, the town that was an hour north of Nashville, still fairly close to home. I uh, was the only child at the time, had, born and raised in that area, wanted to stay close, had a bunch of buddies in that area. And so uh, they had some success. They were coming off a regional and really liked the way the, the program was was moving at that time. And we ended up, you know, going to one there, had a, had a good career there, won a conference championship, things like that. So that was kind of the journey to getting there and then and then spent you know my four years playing at, at Western Kentucky before uh, eventually you know pursuing the coaching route once I was done. What was your position in uh, in football your football days? Uh, football I played I played everything I was I was all state as a linebacker uh, but I played running back I returned punch returned kicks um, you know I I held for field goals you know did did a little bit of little bit of everything so, so you like to be hit and to hit people both of them uh, I'm uh, still to this day and, and this may sound wrong coming from a professional baseball coach but I'm as big of a fan of football as, as I am of baseball uh, so really really into College football, NFL football, all of it, the drafts, you know, still the college football recruiting, all that. Could you have played, do you think, football at Western Kentucky? Was that a possibility? Um, I, I got multiple letters, talked to coaches from there um, at Western Kentucky. I guess my my junior year, um, which obviously baseball recruiting happens earlier than football, my junior year is when I kind of made the final decision that I was going to play baseball. And so I had a lot of Low D1s, obviously D2s uh, in football, some interest from some bigger schools, you know, a couple of the SEC schools, but 
you know, didn't get any offers from them. Uh, and, and, and my, you know, when I told them I was going to play baseball and had to make a decision on baseball early on, that's pretty much before a lot of that happens on the football recruiting process uh, in the football recruiting process. So, but there was, there was a lot of interest and, and definitely would have had the opportunity to play in college and, and play division one. So what's your favorite uh, college team, football team? Uh, I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan. Okay. My family's all from out there, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, so I just kind of grew up Oklahoma and then Dallas Cowboys. So so both of those are, are who I grew up following and watching. I, I don't mind Oklahoma. I lost a little bit of respect with you with the Cowboys. But I <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for, I'm, a, I'm a Giants fan, so we don't have much to talk about. So. Okay. Okay. So in, uh, going back to baseball, what position did you play at Western Kentucky? Came in as a catcher. Uh, we had an All-American that was catching at the time and, and had a, a third rounder that was playing in third base at the time I'd played a little infields a uh, little middle infield little corner infields in high school as well so my freshman year I, I caught uh, played a little bit of third I played some outfield I DH'd uh, kind of bounced around and then uh, once the catcher was was going to stay that next year and I knew the third baseman was gone when when he was drafted I spent that whole next summer just at third uh, preparing to come in and and I sophomore through senior year I played played third base uh, pretty much every game so so you had a good career with the Hilltoppers did any uh did you play minor league ball out of college no I didn't I didn't I, I had a good career there just ended up I mean being a corner infielder and didn't necessarily hit for power, you know, had some power, but was more of a doubles guy, super low strikeout rate, you know, ton of walks, kind of defender first, but with no power on a corner infield, isn't super appealing um, at the professional level, but was a, was a fine college player. And, and then, um, you know, pretty much transitioned straight into coaching. Uh, I was, I was packed up and, and, and headed to go play independent ball. Uh, once I didn't get drafted and the coach at the time was was Matt Myers at Western Kentucky who was uh, the pitching coach most of my career and then transitioned into the head coach my senior year and he offered me a position to come back uh, as a graduate assistant and he knew that was something we'd had talks as a player that that was something I'd be interested in and and so still grateful to this day for him you know offering me that and kind of pulling me away from going and chasing, you know, this dream of continuing playing to actually get into the profession that I was going to make a career of and, and able to get in early and started and really get this, this path on a roll at a good institution and a place I, you know, cared a ton about. I know you, you kind of quickly rose up the college coaching ranks. Where next? So I was a grad assistant for a year, uh, moved up into a volunteer assistant role and then took a recruiting coordinator job at Virginia Military Institute in Lexington, Virginia. I took that in the end of the fall of 2000, 2014 and uh, was there for the 15th season and was there for a few years before going to, to Indiana University, uh, taking the assistant position there. Kind of long story how that all, all worked out, but it's, it's pretty typical. I think in the baseball world, the, the head coach at Indiana who hired me was the volunteer at Western Kentucky when I was the graduate assistant uh, and in my senior year. So he coached me my senior year, got to work with him you know, kind of full circle to go join his staff with him coaching back at a place that he grew up a fan, you know, at Indiana was, was nice being a part of that. And even at, even at VMI, at VMI, Jonathan Hager, the head coach there, when I was getting recruited by Western Kentucky, he was the volunteer at Western Kentucky. Uh, and then he's the one who actually hired me out at, at VMI. So I never played for him, but we got to know each other through the recruiting process. And I got a chance to go work for him uh, at VMI. So small world and and a lot of times it's about knowing knowing the right people. Then you made the switch from the collegiate ranks into pro ball. And if I remember right, you joined the, the Yankee organization in 2019. In what role did you start out with the Yankees? 
honestly, when I, when I took the job, I wasn't sure. I uh, wasn't sure what the role would be. I knew it would be an affiliate hitting coach as a part of the player department. And and I wasn't sure where, but I was open to going anywhere. I kind of thought at first it was it was going to be in Charleston uh, when Charleston still was one of, one of our affiliates. It was it was low A, I believe, at that time. So I took the job in the fall of 19, went straight to instructional league in Tampa, and then actually went to the Dominican Republic for for the back half of the instructional league there. Uh, we, we moved to Tampa that winter. And, you know, just started being around that complex, trying to immerse myself just in the org and around the people and take advantage of the incredibly smart people we have uh, part of this organization and just learn the ins and outs and and be there as much as I could. Uh, obviously, there was players, you know, around during that time too. familiarize myself with some of them who were, who were training during the offseason. And then I, I got invited to go to big league camp that so I guess that was 2020. I got invited to go to, to big league camp. And, you know, sure enough, I find out, uh, I got told, I guess, during camp, I was, I was going to go or right before camp. Maybe I was going to go to Trenton. I was going to go to double A for my first full season. And then we hit the, the pandemic. So, uh, we, we shut down spring training and, and I was living in Tampa and, and wasn't going to, to the complex. I wasn't going to Charleston. I wasn't going to Trenton. I wasn't going anywhere. I was, I was hanging out, waiting to see what was going to happen. So that was, that was definitely interesting. Uh, being my first year in professional baseball. And in many ways, I mean, there's a lot of negative things, obviously with COVID, how it impacted the people. But in, in some ways, in my view, COVID maybe accelerated. You you skipped single A, double A, and then you come out of uh, that 2020 season and you end up in Scranton at the triple A level. It was definitely a, a very fast transition. Uh, it's something I was very comfortable with and, and made known that I'd be comfortable with, you know, coming into the job. Uh, it was something I wanted to do if the opportunity arose. And, and honestly, the COVID year for me could have been the best thing that happened just because it allowed me to take essentially a full year, not having to actually be in a dugout and coach throughout a full season and do that, but actually immerse myself in the professional game and try to just learn everything um, just about you know what we were using to evaluate players, how we were training players, what were we trying to accomplish in the long run, and, and really just deep dive into a lot of different things within the organization and really familiarize myself with that without being rushed for time. So I was able to do that. And then you know, going into that, that next year, that next spring training, again, going to, to big league camp in, in 21, I, I felt way more prepared than I think I would have been, you know, going to Trenton for that first year. Um, only having been with the org for, you know, X amount of months. Uh, I felt incredibly prepared. Had got to know a lot of the players, you know, through phone calls and Zoom and, and very different. But also there's, there's a lot of that that I, I think it challenged us as coaches, but ultimately made us better because, you know, a lot of our strengths obviously are being hands-on with guys and, and not having that opportunity. Uh, you had to, to be creative and find different routes to connect with these guys and build those relationships and, and ultimately help them get better even away from uh, the actual game in the complex. 20 to 30 years ago, I, I think it would be unheard of for someone who has not played in the professional ranks to fast track and to be part of a major league team, but it, it's the world has changed. The baseball world has changed. And I think it's pretty awesome to see someone like yourself really go all in and to make it to, to New York at what are you 30, 31 years old? Just turned 32. And some of the players will be older than you probably in New York. Is that a big deal for you? Or is that not an issue? No, it's not, it's not an issue for me. And, and really baseball's the last of the professional sports, at least to my knowledge, to have this trend uh, where you, you look at football and you look at basketball and you look at the coaches, 
you know, on the benches, on the sidelines in those sports. And there's a ton of them who didn't necessarily play at the highest level of those sports, uh, but they've invested in their, their careers and being the best at, at coaching. And, and that's been recognized and, and they've been given the opportunities um, in those sports to do that. And baseball hasn't done that as much in its history. It's obviously, you're obviously seeing it a lot now and it's been making that transition over the past, I'd say four to five years, especially, and definitely over the past couple of years. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily new to professional sports. It's, it's new to baseball, but football and basketball coaches for years have had a ton of success with, you know, not necessarily having played at the highest level of that sport. I live here in the Scranton area and it's neat to see guys like yourself, coaches that have coached here with the rail riders, guys like Travis Chapman, the first base coach, uh, Desi Drusel, the assistant pitching coach and yourself who, who were here in Scranton at some point in their career coaching and now they're uh, in the big. So that, that to me is exciting. Now let's transition from your, your baseball coaching career to your family. Tell us about how you met your wife and uh, tell us about your kids. So my wife, Chaney, she was a basketball player at Western Kentucky. Uh, we met when we were both going to school there. She's a couple of years younger than me. Uh, originally, she's from from Georgia, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Actually, when we started dating, uh, her dad uh, took a job uh, with a foster care organization, Agape, in Nashville. And her family actually moved to Nashville. They bought a house that's seven miles from the house I grew up in. So it makes vacations really easy now. At the time, we didn't realize, you know, the benefit we'd have out of that, but it's made vacation for us very easy. We can go back to Nashville and see both families. Both her sisters actually live live in that area as well. So um, it's extremely convenient for us. Yeah, Cheney was was playing basketball. Uh, we we kind of knew of each other. Like I said, I was a couple of years older. And then we, we really started to get to know each other my senior year, her sophomore year through FCA, actually on, on campus at, at Western Kentucky was where we kind of started to connect and get to know each other and, you know, started dating there, ended up getting engaged as she was finishing up college and then, you know, got married shortly after uh, she was done and moved eight hours away from any family or friends we know to Lexington, Virginia, and uh, to start this career coaching. So um, it's, it's definitely been a whirlwind, uh, a lot of movement and stuff, but she has been, you know, the backbone of, of everything we've been able to do and made it all, all possible. Uh, she's, she's incredible. Now uh, you told me once, if I remember correctly, your wife was, a pretty good athlete. In fact, she hit the winning shot against Duke. Is that, a, am I remembering that correctly? Um, yeah, she was. Well, the first time I, I believe it was Duke uh, that was playing at Western Kentucky and she was a, she was a freshman and, and I may be mixing up the story, but this is how I remember it. At least she had broken her nose and was wearing a, wearing a face mask. Kind of like, I don't know if you remember like Rick Hamilton, you know, he started that trend of wearing, there's been a lot of people since then, but I think back to Rip Hamilton, and, you know, he's wearing the face mask. She's wearing this face mask and she's a freshman. And I had never been to a, a women's basketball game at Western Kentucky. And so I go to this basketball game and, and I see this freshman guard and, and she's left-handed and she's pulling up, hitting threes all over the place and, you know, making behind the back passes. And, and I think that probably initially sparked my interest uh, there. Uh, so it's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, that was that was definitely where I initially sparked some interest, and then and then later on got to know her after that. But she had a great career. I mean, one uh, at least one conference championship while she was there, and you know was pretty much a starter her whole career, and um, you know shooting guard, point guard. Uh, so she's. Uh, I'd like to think our kids are going to be fairly athletic, but uh, she's definitely the real athlete in the family. 
I was going to say that it sounds like she might be the better athlete, but you got some good genes working for your kids. <laughs> Tell us about your, uh, your children. I have three. Uh, we have a boy who is, is about to turn five, uh, Jet. Uh, we have a boy who just turned three, Cash. And then we have a, a baby girl, uh, Lainey, who is, is roughly nine months right now. Are the boys in the sports as much as you were growing up? So the oldest is is all about it. He's he's really into it. He's really skilled from a hand-eye coordination standpoint. Loves baseball, loves football, getting into basketball a little bit, plays soccer, just won his soccer championship, you know, last weekend. Uh, so he's he's into everything, wants to do everything. My middle, the middle child, the other boy is I, we can't quite figure him out. Um, he's he's a little bit of a lunatic, uh, a little crazy. Uh, he's he's definitely going to be into football. Uh, he's but it's really anything that involves you know high intensity contact. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be UFC. I don't know if it's going to be wrestling. He's incredible on a on a bike and has actually gotten pretty good at a skateboard, which which sounds crazy considering he just turned three a little over a month ago. Uh, but he can he can ride a skateboard, and so maybe it's some type of you know X Games. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, anything that involves high risk of injury, uh, he seems to be attracted to that. So we'll we'll see. I hope the Yankees have good uh, medical insurance for you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, you must have an active house. So God bless you and your uh, your wife on raising uh, those three kids. Thank you. We're here with Casey Dykes, uh, the New York Yankees assistant hitting coach. And uh, it's a sports and faith podcast. Tell us about your, your faith journey and, and when you came to faith in Christ. So really for me, uh, growing up, if I had to describe it, I would say that I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I definitely, once I got into, you know, the middle school, high school, nothing in my life reflected uh, that at all. I didn't know the gospel and that was the issue. You know, for me, it was a lot about carrying this heavy burden that I needed to obey and do everything right. This really, I guess you could say, religious view of um, of what Christianity was. So I went off to college and I guess it was roughly my sophomore year. I met a trainer there, an athletic trainer. And, you know, for whatever reason, started having some conversations with me and, and we kind of got to know each other pretty well. Uh, super good dude. And he, he invited me to a Bible study. You know, I blew him off a little bit early and was like, no, I'm good. You know, like, yeah, I believe in God, you know, but I'm, I'm good. I don't want to do that. You know, he kept kind of pressing me over and over almost to the point to where it kind of got frustrating. And then he started asking, Hey, can I just come and start a baseball one? Finally, I, I gave in and, you know, I was like, Hey, yeah. I was like, just come on. You know, at least I don't have to go anywhere. We can do it after practice. I'll be there. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody about it, but you can, if you can keep some other people around then have at it. And so, and he knew a lot of other baseball guys there. So he started this Bible study. I kind of started going to that once a week. And honestly, that's where I really, really first started. I guess you could say feeling God, you know, feeling God kind of pulling on my heart, softening my heart, uh, leading me to to some truths that I had overlooked, you know, my entire life, um, and kind of opening my eyes and my heart to that. And it ended up the the winter of 2010, I believe it was Campus Outreach, which is a campus uh, ministry that I wasn't familiar with. We didn't have it at Western Kentucky at the time, uh, but he had a lot of buddies uh, that were involved with it. They did a, a New Year's conference. He invited me to come to this New Year's conference. Uh, it happened to be in Nashville. So I probably wouldn't have gone if it wasn't in Nashville, but I was already going to be home for Christmas and New Year's. And, 
you know, it was, it was right down the street. It was 15 minutes away from my home. And I'm like, sure, man, I'll, you know, I'll come out there. And uh, I was there for, say it was roughly 18 hours. And uh, that morning we were having breakfast and, you know, I told him I wanted to, you know, give my life to Christ. And uh, that was the first time outside of his Bible studies, you know, where I had maybe kind of heard it, but it never really resonated with me kind of that first day there, I remember there being a speaker on stage that was, you know, sharing the gospel and sharing his story. And it was almost like we were making eye contact the whole time he was talking. And uh, his story was so relatable to, to what my life had been and where my struggles had been. And I think what my my loves had been, you know, up to that time, fleshly desires that I had really been drawn to as a, you know, a young teenager and, and living through my teenage years. And and into college. And I was just able to relate to it. And that's when it hit me that I needed a savior. And and I gave my life to Christ then. That was December of 2010, I guess it was. And obviously, you know, kind of the, uh, the rest has been history as, as far as that. So. so the past 12 years on your spiritual journey, what spiritual disciplines or thing do you do, maybe you and your wife, just to stay close to God and to strengthen your faith? It's been, that's something that I would say has been a little more of a struggle, the more, the more children we've had. Uh, you know, early on, it was like we were super routine based where we were, even when we were dating, it was three, four times a week. You know, we were meeting up, we were going to Starbucks and, you know, spending time in the word together. We were, you know, in the word on our own and sharing it with each other. Maybe it was morning, night. And that's still something we try to do now is, is schedule our, our weeks and our days to where we're getting time, you know, together, you know, whether it's just have a talk that's deeper than just the normal talk that we have on a day-to-day basis when we're chasing three kids around the house. And for me, I, I like being up early to get in the word and to read or, or listen to, you know, maybe a podcast or something like that. And then even if we're away from each other, which a lot of the time we are in, in this profession, you know, try to, you know, send something to my wife and her send me, you know, send me something in the mornings. You know, a lot of time when I'm on the road, we'll we'll get on the phone at night if possible and, you know, just pray together and just try to try to be with each other in prayer. If not, then, you know, maybe sending each other, hey, thanks, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on back at home. You know, hey, pray for this, you know, and, and constantly being in communication about that. And it's it's not easy. I will say that, especially in, in this profession and especially the more kids I feel like we have, the more craziness we have. And, and that's something that's a, a constant battle for us. But I would say those are kind of a few things we at least, you know, try to do um, as much as we can. On your Twitter uh, bio, you you have a verse, a Bible verse, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11 and 12. Why did you pick that verse? A reminder, a reminder a lot to myself, to be honest. And it's definitely one of my favorites. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, but I think it, I don't know if it describes me. It definitely describes what I strive to be like, you know, each day. And, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but I believe it says, you know, lead a quiet life, work with your hands so that uh, in your daily life, you win the respect of outsiders and you will not be dependent on anybody. And I think in life, in my profession, that's a lot about who I feel like I am and try to be, you know, somebody who leads by example, you know, remains humble, isn't afraid of work. And I think that's something that I would hope people would describe me as who have encountered me, whether that's, you know, a player who's played for me, a friend, a coach that's coached with me. So that's something I, I value and try to remind myself of. That's a great verse. As you're reading that, when you said work with your hands, I immediately thought you're an assistant hitting coach. Hands play an importance. I thought it's it's a spiritual lesson as well as a hitting lesson. So yeah, definitely, definitely some correlation, which is I think what drew me to this profession in the in the first place, and and why I thoroughly love you know what I get the opportunity to wake up and do every day. And as a coach now, you're influencing uh, 
young men and men your age and men older than you, not just with their profession, getting them better, but also hopefully spiritually helping them walk in their own journey. So that's great. I think at any level, regardless of age, you know, when you're a coach and you have players, there's probably three things. And and I truly believe they stay in this order that players want to know. They want to know, do you care? They want to know if they can trust you. And then they want to know if you can make them better. And, and I don't think it's ever in the reverse order. As much as even at this level of professional baseball or the professional sport, I, I think a lot of people would put number three as number one. Is like, can you make me better? Is that the first thing? And I just don't believe that's human nature. Uh, I don't believe that's human nature for us to think that. I don't believe you get the opportunity to do that until the player knows if you care and if they can trust you. Uh, So that's something I I really value. I think about that all the time and and try to keep those prioritized the right way uh, within this profession, regardless if it's somebody who's older than me, same age as me, younger than me. I, I think it's the same across the board. You kind of talked about your coaching philosophy. I know the Yankees have hit strikes hard. What's your philosophy on hitting? If you had to, if you had to make a a, a slogan, uh, which is which is what we've done um, and branded it, you know, hit strikes hard has has been the motto. Uh, obviously, people hear that or see that, and there's two things you can think. You can think, oh, that's that makes a ton of sense. Like, why would you not want to do that? Or you can think that's that's elementary, you know, why, why would the New York Yankees have this as a model? It's like, well, because it doesn't change. And that's still where success is, is, is in hitting strikes hard. Does that mean that's what's going to happen hundred percent of the time? No, it doesn't mean that. Um, does that mean that's the only thing and the only layer to it? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Obviously there's a million layers to, to that motto and we can dive as deep you know, as anybody, if we're, we're not going to here, obviously, but with a player, we can dive, you know, as far as we want to within that motto. But ultimately, if you're trying to explain what leads to offensive success, it is that. Now, how you train that, you know, what that means against different pitchers, different pitch types, different swing flaws, things like that, all that comes into play. But if you have to explain all that for it to be a motto, then it's not a motto. You know, you're looking for something very simple to, to cover all those bases. And, and those three words do it about as good as any. We have a thing called hit and run. And since you're a coach with the Yankees, we thought this would be perfect. I'll ask you uh, some simple questions. You answer maybe the first thing that comes to your mind. So we'll keep it running. So I think you answered it already, but your favorite team as a kid? Dallas Cowboys. Do you have a favorite baseball team as a kid? Atlanta Braves. Who was your sports hero growing up? Uh, Roberto Clemente. Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? Chick-fil-A. Your go-to late-night snack? Cookies and milk. The best baseball movie of all time? Sandlot. The best sports movie of all time? Remember the Titans. Your favorite Bible verse? 1 Corinthians 10.31, I would say. Whatever you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you were not in baseball, Casey, what would be your dream job? Either coaching professional football or being a college football uh, recruiting coordinator. What would you coach? Are you linebackers coach, offensive coordinator, head coach? You know, either an offense coordinator or a defense coordinator. Feel comfortable in both both roles. What's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? Honestly, I don't know if there would be uh, a biggest obstacle. I think every day, and and I try to live like this and, and focus on this. I think every day there's another obstacle, you know, there's an obstacle, you know, every morning when you wake up, I think there's a choice you have to make. There's always going to be something, especially in this business. And then having a family, there's always going to be something that comes up and, and you got to deal with it. I, I don't know if there's been a big one. I, I think that, 
you know, I try to just focus each day as, as an individual piece and, and dominate that day to the best of my ability and kind of meet those obstacles when they come that day. The person who has helped you the most in your baseball career? My dad, uh, for sure. And he's not a baseball guy, but he's taught me the value of hard work. He's taught me the value of humility. He's taught me the value of caring for people. He's taught me the value of investing your time wisely. Uh, time is a non-renewable resource and you can't get it back. And he showed me what it means to, you know, use it to the best of, of your abilities. I would say all those life lessons, you know, that he taught me growing up. And a lot of it was more so, I would say, what he showed me growing up. Uh, it wasn't necessarily what, what he taught me. I, you know, I think back to, and that's when you asked me that, I was the first thing that came to my mind was, all right, what has my dad told me? You know, and there's probably been, and I can't, I can't really think of that from an advice standpoint. I would, I would more so say it's just the example that he's, he set. Maybe that's the best advice is lead by example. You have a quote on your Twitter page. Example isn't the main thing in influencing others. It's the only it's thing. It's the only thing. Correct. So I just, when you hear you talking about your dad, I think you probably got that like father, like son. That's awesome. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That explains it right there. One, uh, one more question. You're in a foxhole. You can only get one person in the foxhole. Who would that be? I'm bringing my pops with me. I'm bringing my pops with me. There's not a tougher dude on this earth that I've met. And there's not anybody that's given me better advice in the heat of the moment and been able to keep us cool in the heat of the moment. And I feel confident that we'll, we'll figure it out. If there's a definition in dictionary next to figure it out, uh, his picture should be there because uh, he's, he's the, the quintessential example of, of being able to figure it out. So, I mean, so you are blessed to have a, a wonderful family and a wonderful father that uh, made you who you are today. So any, any closing comments or thoughts before we uh, sign off? Um, I'm, I appreciate you. You having me on here. You know, this is awesome. Obviously anytime, you know, you get to, to have a conversation with somebody and, and make these two meet, uh, the, the sport, uh, the faith, uh, I think it's special because there's just so many correlations between the two and, and every single day I'm trying to make those correlations and trying to be great in both areas of those and, and be the best I can be. And, and I fall short on both ends every single day. Uh, but I think that's what makes, you know, the, the excitement and the challenge of, of waking up every day and having, you know, the opportunity to live this life, the opportunity to coach, the opportunity to be a husband and a father and, and, and a mentor uh, or mentoree as well, kind of both sides of those spectrums is, is just a, an awesome opportunity. And this this game has, has blessed me with a lot of those. Well, thank you, Casey Dykes, and best wishes as you uh, start the 2022 season with the New York Yankees. I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks a lot. Hey, God bless. Thank you. We trust you were encouraged by this conversation with Casey Dykes. If you enjoyed it, we'd ask that you subscribe to the Post Game with Paul Golden podcast. This way, you'll never miss an upcoming episode. And while you're at it, share this podcast with that sports fan that you know. To donate to the expenses of this unique sports and faith podcast, simply go to our website, paulgolden.org. That's www.paulgolden.org. I'm Tim Donnelly. Once again, thanks for joining us for Post Game with Paul Golden.